The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you from the very, very hot Los Angeles, where we are literally baking in the sun, bringing you tech trends impacting your business. And today we have a very exciting show. We're going to be talking to the fabulous Julie Spira, who is a cyber dating expert. And as it turns out, online dating is a huge business, a $2.2 billion industry, and it's really integrated into the digital lifestyle. All of us out here who are not myself, I'm, I always forget that I actually am married, but everyone who is single and playing the game, dating, meeting people, is engaging in some form of digital behavior with dating. And so all types of businesses are, are being impacted in terms of travel and leisure, food, beauty, wellness, and on and on. So we're now going to hear from uh, one of the women that has really pioneered helping people understand how to create their profiles online, helping businesses understand how to navigate this space, and really an overall expert on all the trends surrounding dating. So ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the fabulous Julie Spira. Very rambunctious crowd today, as you can hear, Julie. <laughs> I, I am blushing. I am digitally blushing. <laughs> so, Julie, tell us about how you became this author and media personality around online dating, because uh, I, um, I think people have read on your bio, but you wrote a very well-known book, The Perils of Cyber Dating, and there's a great story around that. But you really have established yourself as this expert in this space. So how did it all come about? You know, it's a very interesting story, Lori. I mean, anyone that's ever ventured into the world of online dating has done so because they are either find themselves single or they're, they've had a major heartbreak. I think at the time that I pioneered, you know, what I was doing, there wasn't there wasn't Wi-Fi, there was no mobile apps, there wasn't Facebook. I mean, there wasn't even a Match.com or eHarmony. I mean, I wonder how on earth we survived. <laughs> you are how anybody met anybody, right? So what was the inspiration for you diving into this space? My inspiration really goes back to the fact that, A, I was a broadcaster. So I was a media personality with a background in television and radio, B, at the time I ventured and stuck my little toe into online dating, I was a technology executive and I was working for a major worldwide technology company running their sales organization and I was traveling a lot and I didn't have a lot of free time. So when my long-term love and I broke up, I found it to be really efficient to go online and see if I could replace the former love of my life with an internet mate. <laughs> and was, was, were there the dating sites then? I mean, did, did, was it all set up already? 
No, as a matter of fact, don't laugh, but you know, this was during the days of the dial-up internet. You remember when we had those screeching, awful modem sounds? Oh, I was too young for that. I yeah, I know. I was still in mommy's <laughs> womb, too. But you know, it, through my mother's womb, I heard the sounds of those modems screeching. So we're talking about 1994. It was a year before Match.com launched, and it was... I think five, six years before eHarmony launched. So I was a charter member of Love at AOL. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And I was in chat rooms and believe it or not, I know we're so spoiled out there. We want to know that everything's free and we want to know that everything's going to arrive very, very fast. We have the speediest, most turbo Wi-Fi connections in the world. But in those days, we actually had to pay per minute looking for love online. Wow, 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 wow. And so did you find yourself dating all over the country using AOL's, you know, environment? I did. I met really interesting people from all over the country. And I really learned how to sort of perfect this art of how to create an irresistible online dating profile. So suddenly my single friends were getting, you know, a little jealous. Like, why is your date card filled and why isn't mine? So I started informally at first writing profiles for other singles so they could have the same success that I did. And then, of course, eventually the industry caught up to me and I wrote my book, The Perils of Cyber Dating, and it became a bestseller. And it was, again, before mobile apps and before Tinder. And it was really an opportunity to be on the ground floor of a multi-billion dollar industry. And what what inspired you to write the book? Was it just because so many people were coming to you and saying, hey, you're really good at this? Oh, actually, um, I decided to write the book because I had been collecting these stories secretly. <laughs> guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I really did take down your name and number and measurements. But, but the fact is, the fact is, I was secretly collecting these stories. And I knew that I couldn't tell anybody about the stories because at those days, people would think that online dating were for... Just the desperate people, the ones that were socially challenged, the nerdiest people on the planet, and they really wouldn't accept it because it was not mainstream, it's not acceptable. So even for years, if you met someone online or even got married to someone you met online, you would sort of hush-hush tell your friends, oh, we got set up by a mutual friend. And so finally, the industry caught up. I released the book. It became a bestseller. And I full-time put all of my energies into helping others find their one in 40 million. Well, and how is that manifesting now? So I know you have a couple of different businesses under this umbrella, including going back to what you started to do, which is helping people create their profiles. So so, uh, is it called Swiping Right? Swiping right. <laughs> swiping right is actually a service I have for those people who are frustrated with Tinder because okay. Tinder is such a swiping mania thing. But I think what happens is when I look at the people that I coach over at cyberdatingexpert.com, it's it's anything from teaching you how to write a profile to teaching you how to actually communicate and write an email. You would be surprised that you know just a profile and fabulous photos it's just not enough. If somebody sends you an email and it's five paragraphs long, this isn't LinkedIn. This is fun and flirty. This is supposed to be dating. So I have to teach people how to communicate digitally so they have the opportunity to meet IRL. Got it. So it's a whole new world of being able now, just like a business has to, to learn how to communicate on these various channels to find a mate. Absolutely. Because, Laurie, when we look at people that are looking for their dream jobs, whether they're finding them from a message on LinkedIn or whether they're going through a recruiter, 
the things that you do to get ready for that dream job that may last a year, two, three years. You, you may spend $1,000 on a resume writer. You're certainly going to get a new outfit or at least wear clean clothes. You're going to research the company inside and out so you know who the executives are. You know the history of the company. And you can decide whether this is a good fit for you to be an employee of or an executive of. And I was just so stunned that people weren't putting the same level of quality into their personal lives. And what what is so different now? Like, I do remember when it was kind of, you didn't say it out loud that you were cyber dating. And now, to your point, it is really popular. And obviously, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit with Tinder and Ashley Madison and, you know, um, popular and can go in a lot of different directions with Ashley Madison. But... <laughs> But why is it so popular now? Like what's happened to change it from being this sort of underground thing to being a really acceptable form of meeting people? I think, Lori, the the two things that really helped online dating remove their stigma and become very mainstream and the way to meet – One was Facebook, because what happened was you were starting to connect with people on Facebook and you were spending so much more time online every day. You know, at work, you're supposed to be working, but people are on Facebook. So the more people were spending time on Facebook, they also could just hop over to a Match.com and eHarmony and OkCupid and check their online dating profiles. So that was one factor. And the other, which has been really significant, uh, are the iPhones and, you know, the other mobile phones and just mobile dating in general. So because it's become so cost-effective and time-effective that you can get a push notification from your digital crush on your mobile device, it just made it much easier to meet people. And 24 hours a day. It's available 24 hours a day. You, you can't sleep at night. You wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you'll start swiping life, and right on tin- life left and right on Tinder so you can have a date the next day. So so really the same lifestyle behaviors that are, are just really driving our life right now, you know, social media and everything being mobile is what's really fueling online behavior because you're already in a digital access channel. So you can easily just engage with all these different apps and send information around. Exactly. And many of these mobile apps, they are using Facebook as as the platform to sign up. So if you sign up on Tinder or on Hinge or many mobile dating apps, what they will do is you can log in from Facebook. It will pull down your photos. It's just so super easy to create a mobile dating profile these days. And have you noticed that a lot of your friends who are single now talk about it in a different way? I mean, I know that obviously they talk to you in a different way about it because you're who you are, but you know, ha- has in the general public and across all demographics, is everyone now comfortable using these digital channels to date? Most people are. If you're comfortable with technology, you have a mobile phone that's attached to your hip, and you're on Facebook regularly, you're the prime candidate to be able to be comfortable and successful with online dating. And it's crazy, too, that so many different businesses are starting to really create partnerships with all these online dating apps. Is that not true? I think that it's a logical thing to create partnerships because, to me, online dating, it isn't anymore about, it's, it's not about, could you not find a date on your own? It's about a lifestyle platform. So if I'm going to go on a date online or my potential date wants to 
schedule something with me, he may order flowers online. He may order the reservation through Open Table online. He may read reviews on Yelp before he decides where we're going to go on the date. I mean, there's so many things that you do that your whole lifestyle is really surrounded by online dating. And then, of course, the women make their hair appointments so they can look good on the date. So sort of every touch touch point across your life, which is impacting any type of social behaviors, is starting to inter, interwine, intertwine with, with online dating. It most certainly is, yeah. And it's a good thing. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to dig into some of the technology trends that are really impacting um, a lot of online dating and also some of the, the things that have happened that we've all been reading about with Tinder and also with Ashley Madison. And I know you've been very popular because of Ashley Madison. Uh, I'm not on Ashley Madison, but I could be popular. <laughs> no, I just said as an expert. So we'll be back in, in a few moments and we'll hear more from the fabulous Julie Spira and talking about online dating and all the business opportunities in this fantastic space. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we're back now digging into cyber dating with the fabulous Julie Spira. And Julie, I wanted to get a little bit into what's going on with Tinder and why has that become such a big deal. I mean, it's almost part of every like nighttime comics jokes and even people like myself who aren't dating know what Tinder is. I mean, what happened that made that app explode into the marketplace? That's a great question. Uh, P- Tinder has suddenly become 
a household name in, in just a few years. And what happened was when they first created Tinder, they penetrated the college marketplace. So they were going to the dormitories of the hot girls and finding the sorority girls. And they were going to the guys and, and finding the fraternity guys. And they were getting them to download the app. So it originally became embraced by students 18 to 22 who were really looking for casual sex, casual relationships, hooking up, nothing serious at that point. And eventually it just got to be really big and other people started getting curious. Okay, they've been on a dating site for a while and maybe they weren't feeling successful with it. So they started using Tinder, which became so easy. You swipe right if you're attracted, you swipe left if you're not. The downside is, is people are swiping a little too much and they're basing everything solely on the photo. Wow. And that's fairly limiting, uh, which is like how we, how, you know, men and women work anyway, right? Is you're at a bar and you kind of just notice how somebody looks, but you would hope in a digital environment where you could actually pull up a little bit more detail that it wouldn't be that sort of superficial. Right. And you do have the opportunity. You can see if you have friends in common. You can see what pages they like now on Facebook. They've got Tinder Plus now. That gives you an opportunity to, to look and view in other, in other cities. But at the end of the day, maybe you write one or two sentences and you have five photos pulled from Facebook. And it really doesn't give you that much. But if both of you swipe right and it becomes a mutual match, then you get to chat in a text-like environment through the Tinder app. And men are swiping right on just about everybody. And women are being a little more particular and taking their time to look at the profiles and, and are swiping left more often than the men are. So from a, a user experience level, um, you know, Tinder really changed everything with that swipe right in terms of user experience because now Tinder's become a verb almost and you're starting to see swipe right showing up in shopping apps and in, in any type of, you know, application where you're making a choice about something. What, what do you think happened there? Is that just because it's so easy? It's another form of yes or no? It is very easy, but there are people that are frustrated because I don't know how many people are actually meeting in person. They have 26 million matches a day on Tinder, which means those are people that are both swiping right. But not everybody swipes right and then starts that conversation right away. So if you really want to meet someone on Tinder, you need to be proactive. If you see that you're a mutual match, say hello right away and be really specific and say like, hi, Julie, you know, I like your red dress or be right. very specific and, and start a conversation that says something other than, hey, <laughs> and, and you were mentioning Tinder Plus. So they were a free, they're a free app with some ads. And now they've created a business model around Tinder Plus. They certainly have. And Tinder, like most other free dating sites, now has a premium service, which is called Tinder Plus. And for $9.99 a month to $19.99 a month, depending on your age, which is interesting, yeah. you have the opportunity to actually get back that last swipe. I mean, so many guys have told me, I think I found my dream girl on Tinder, but I swiped left instead of swiping right. So now if you swipe a little too fast and you go, wait a second, I think I might, I might like that girl, you can push a button and get your last swipe back. It also doesn't have the advertising and it gives you unlimited swipes now. 
So they've created that that premium version by getting people sort of addicted to the app and then offering more services and charging a fee for it. And um, that data that they're collecting, are they selling that to anybody? Or is, is there good privacy in place for Tinder, do you think? Or are other, other companies and businesses learning about when I'm in a new city and who I like and what kind of activities I'm up to? You know, personally, and again, I don't work for the company, but personally, I think any time you go online and you put your email anywhere or do create a profile anywhere, whether you're buying diapers or looking for a date, someone is going to know about it. So I don't know what their privacy uh, you know, policies are. I just know that even if no matter how private they may be, if my next door neighbor sees me on Tinder, I'm going to get busted that I'm on Tinder. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, what about some of these newer technologies that are, are being implemented inside of these apps? So I had a conversation um, with um, someone from Match.com, and they were talking about how they're using facial rec to make sure that the picture aligns correctly. But that same technology can also be used to judge your emotional feelings about a a person's picture that you see. And then the app will say to you, hey, you had a positive response to this picture. And so we're starting to see other technologies kind of work their way into these apps. Do you think that's realistic? I think it's gimmicky. I think it's very interesting. Anytime you can add something that will pique your curiosity and keep you on a site, it's interesting to me. How I feel about facial recognition is we all have a type. And if he's tall, dark, and handsome, or whether he's muscular and a redhead, we all have a type that we sort of gravitate to. And sometimes it's based upon previous relationships. If we look back and dig back into our past, we probably dated people that were similar. The problem is, is visual doesn't mean (laughs) you're going to have offline chemistry just because somebody looks visually appealing. So I think it's it's interesting. I look at it more from a safety standpoint because I'm always preaching about safety. So what I do with my clients is we pull the... (laughs) We pull the photos um, from their profile and we put them into Google image reverse search just to make sure they are who they say they are. Well, so you're using tech now and search to actually make sure someone's being authentic. That's correct. Because I think for women, the number one priority is safety. If a woman doesn't think she's going to feel safe on a date, she will swipe left. She won't write back. You will never hear from her again. She will delete your number from her phone and you can never text her. So everything is about safety for women. Men are visual and they like, you know, a certain type, but we want to feel safe. And knowing that a person isn't being catfished is part of being safe. Has there been any other changes to these apps over time? I know we were talking about authenticity and that a lot of these mobile dating sites now make you use your actual first name instead of cute names. Is that a trend that we're going to see growing? You know, it is a trend that we will see growing. Last year, I went to Match.com's headquarters in Dallas, Texas, and that's when they announced to us internally that they were going to be moving away from the catchy screen names to using 
first names only. So where my original screen name was Piano Baby because I played the piano, I can now, this, this was just announced maybe in the last week or so, that you can now go in and you can change your screen name, your username on Match to your first name, to Julie, to Lori, to Tommy. And people feel that the more authentic you are by representing your first name, they feel, again, safer. But sites such as eHarmony have been using first names for years, and the mobile app of Tinder has been using first names. So you're going to see this on Match.com now. Probably they'll roll it out on OkCupid because they're all co-owned by IAC. Oh, that's interesting. So the the other thing that I guess is happening here, and th- and this is just me as a you know someone that's looking at technology trends, is that what's happening in online dating is mirroring other social media behaviors and other sort of lifestyle choices. So that we're seeing a lot of brands move towards authenticity. We're seeing a lot of um, you know companies create social media plans that are really sort of opening up the brands to the public. So I guess we're seeing mirroring happening in the online dating world as well. Yes, and you're going to see it everywhere. And that's why like you see CEO blogs are so successful. And when somebody tweets as themselves, instead of hiring an intern, you're going to have a better Twitter feed. So anything you can do to be more authentic and genuine is important because years ago, you could hide who you were behind a screen name. Now it's very easy to see the photo and see how it matches up to someone's LinkedIn profile or their Facebook profile when you look at the pictures. Now, that is so interesting. So the, the other big technology trend that's sort of um, captivating Hollywood right now, which has been around for a long time, but there's just so much money being infused right now, is virtual reality and augmented reality. Do you see avatars and sort of these virtual environments becoming a big trend in dating as well? Like, can I jump into a, a fake world and be whoever I want and start dating somebody? Those trends is very interesting for for virtual reality and the avatar dating. That was something that I really saw a little bit more of maybe five, six years ago. But now we're really moving towards what do you look like IRL? If Do you look anything like your photo? So there always will be a fantasy world of people wanting to chat with avatars. But when it comes to finding love and someone that you want to share your life with, you'd like to know what they look like and you're hoping that there's truth in advertising and that you will recognize them on a date. And that's, I guess, when a lot of these location-based services really come into play because you're going to be looking to date someone based on location. And so you could start to find the right restaurants to go to and you could start to see all of this other data that surrounds us with shopping and all these other things we do start to float into this world. They really do. They really do. So my whole message to everyone listening is be yourself, be genuine, be authentic. And if you're not sure whether you should push the send button on an email, a text or upload a photo, then don't because you will be creating a permanent digital footprint. And for for you, um, we were joking before about Ashley Madison, but I know you were doing a lot a lot of um, press interviews about it. Was that whole thing shocking to you? What happened with Ashley Madison? Um, yes and no. Uh, yes, I somehow became an Ashley Madison expert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, but my interpretation of what happened with Ashley Madison, because I watched their huge growth, you know, keep in mind, this is a company that grossed $115 million a year. Yeah, it's a unbelievable. big, big, big number. But, but the interesting thing is, is 
with Ashley Madison, there were two issues I think that we have to look at. And one is privacy, which we just dabbled on. Because again, anytime you're going to put your email anywhere, just assume that it's being shared. It's not staying private. Someone will see it. Someone will share it. Someone could hack it. And the other is infidelity. And I think what really you know, is interesting to, to note is that if married men didn't want to have affairs, Ashley Madison wouldn't be making $115 million a year. However, where were all the women? You know, the statistics were all over the place from the data dump. But, you know, if there were only 5% of women on there and many of the profiles were not real profiles, they were fake profiles, who were all these men talking to? Other men? Yeah, so, very interesting. Yeah. Well, well, we're going to dig more into infidelity <laughs> and cyber dating and the business opportunities when we come back with Julie here on the Tech Cat Show. More on technology trends impacting your business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune in to Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increase margins, listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. 
And we're back with the lovely Julie Spira digging into cyber dating. And we were just talking about Ashley Madison and how all the data that was revealed was really that it was mostly men on the site. Is that correct? Mostly men. And the numbers range anywhere from 80% to 95% men that were paying members of Ashley Madison or even any member. So we have to keep in mind that that. You can sign up for any dating site. National Madison is not a dating site. It's an infidelity site. It's a cheating site. But it's still a site where you can sign up for free by just entering your email. And you can you know, scroll around and see if there's anybody that you're interested in possibly communicating with. But if you want to actually send an email, and the women are free, by the way, and the men have to pay. If you want to send an email, then you have to pay to play. Well, so it, again, the you know these these micro trends that are being demonstrated on, in these online dating worlds are very reflective of larger marketing trends that we're always seeing, and and you know data is always the revealer of the truth, right? Of of what's really going on. So I am sure there are going to be businesses that are going to come out of the data that was revealed um, fr- from this breach with Ashley Madison. Most certainly. I've already heard about several people wanting to start TV shows based on Ashley Madison. So, It's so, in- it's so interesting. What, what about the sort of another micro trend where we're starting to see boomer sites, boomer dating sites launch? Um, so to help, so help people over 50 and 60 date. Do you think that's going to be a big thing now? That is a big thing. And and if you look at some of the larger sites that have big critical mass, whether it's a Match.com or an eHarmony, those are two examples where they have a lot of the boomers in their membership base. Because what happens is kids grow up, they leave and they go to school, there's suddenly an empty nest and somebody gets divorced. And what do they do? They don't know how to date. So they join an online dating site. And we're even seeing children putting their parents on dating sites now because they want to see them happy and fall in love again. Well, and again, that is a marketer's dream, that that data and the behaviors surrounding that, because I think boomer advertising and boomer content in general is, it's just a market that's underserved across the board. And so if you start to think about building services inside of an online dating site for boomers, you're going to hit pay dirt because it's a mushroomed, you know, world we're living in where you have this huge generation of folks, you know, in their 50s and 60s and 70s who are active and have money to spend. Very true. And where the younger demographics, they grew up with online dating from when they were able to actually legally join a dating site. Their parents and their grandparents were not. This is very, very new to them. And they're a little frightened by it, which is why they come to someone like me to help hold their hand. Well, and speaking of, you know, coming to someone like you, like how does a you get info about what's going on in the online dating world or even what is the latest tech? Like we speak to a lot of executives on the show and they always are telling me the different conferences they go to, you know, what what, um, newsletters they read. How do you keep up with everything going on in the world? Well, I speak frequently at a conference called iDate, the Internet Dating Conference, and the Mobile Dating Conference every year. And that keeps me in touch with the community of the Internet dating industry. So I do, I'm on first name basis and direct dial to most of the CEOs of most of the online dating sites from Match.com to OkCupid to eHarmony to Tinder. Wow. So, so. <laughs> 
so basically, uh, they feed me the information quite frequently. I do a lot of reading. And of course, everyone, no matter what industry you're in, should always have Google alerts on your industry. So I have a Google alert for online dating and for mobile dating. And of course, for myself, in the name of my business, just see A, where I happen to appear in a news story, and B, what's happening in my industry so I can stay on top of things. You know, I think people forget about how powerful Google Alerts is, and it's so easy to do. You just go into your Google account and you can set them, right? It's really easy. It's even easier. All you need to do is go to google.com slash alerts and set up your alert and decide what email address you'd like those alerts to come to. God, that, that is fascinating. Do you also keep up with other technology and marketing trends? Because all of this is sort of tied together. What are you, what are you doing to keep up with like what's going on you know, in, in the sort of marketing and media business? Well, because my background is media and technology and broadcasting, I'm still very much tied into those industries. So I read, whether it's whether I read Mashable or TechCrunch or whether I go to you know, Digital Hollywood or go to the Digital LA events out here. And I'm just very involved in what's happening in the social media world. So if I kind of just look at myself as a bit of an anomaly because I deal with the marriage of love and technology now and... I love both of them. (laughs) So the marriage of love and technology. So to manage your social world, are you using any of the dashboards that help manage feeds like the Hootsuites and the buffers? Like how do you sort of manage your empire? Because you've got multiple books going on and we're going to talk about your new book soon and you're about to record the audio book for your first book and you've got a lot of, of really interesting stuff going on. How do you manage all of it? I don't sleep. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's very interesting because we can be so connected that we can't sleep sometimes, but we also have tools that help make life easier for us. So you mentioned Hootsuite, and Hootsuite happens to be my favorite social media management tool. So I have multiple accounts that I manage, and they're in Hootsuite. And typically, I'll have certain quotes of the day that I will I will actually pre-launch for a whole month at a time, once a day, knowing when my quote of the day comes out. It's usually about love or inspiration, just something happy and upbeat. And when I go to sleep at night, I will look around and see what articles have been interesting to me from my industry, even from my competitors, because I'm always a big believer of of collaborating with people rather than competing with people. So if somebody wrote a really interesting article on Huffington Post, even though I also write on Huffington Post, I'm going to post that and I'm going to tell them, you know, that it was a great article and ask my readers to take a look at it. So in terms of tools for running the the business of of Julie Spira, you're using Hootsuite, you're on all the different social media platforms. Is there any platform in particular, social media-wise, that you think is the most promising for, you know, a small business owner or someone building their own brand? I spend a lot of time on Twitter, but to be honest with you, I've been shifting to Instagram and I'm spending a little bit more time on Instagram than I was on Twitter. Oh, interesting. And why is that? Um, I don't know. Uh, I know that Instagram has just been something that I find easy and fun to use. And people are into sort of these little quick moments. And when you think about Twitter and you're broadcasting or you're resharing something and retweeting something, people will like it, they'll favorite it, they'll retweet it. But how often are they really opening the link to read what you've written or what 
you would like to share. Not not that often. I don't think the open rates are really as high as they should be. So it really leads me to believe that short and sweet is just the way we're going, whether it's Tinder and, and minimal profiles or whether it's it's Instagram with a photo and a sentence about with a whole bunch of hashtags about what the photo is. More often than not, it's food porn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's funny. I've been digging a little bit more into Instagram, too. And, and just one of my pet projects is a retail project. And I'm looking at all these um, designer sites and how they push you to purchase the outfit that you're seeing in Instagram. But you still have to go back to the bio on, on that, you know, Instagram account to get to the link. And I'm just wondering, do you think Instagram will get as savvy as, say, Pinterest has in driving to purchase and retail? Because ultimately, that's what all these sites are trying to do, right? Engage commerce. Right. But uh, that is definitely a shortfall of Instagram because even if I have a promotion at Cyber Dating Expert, I can't uh, there's a link to cyberdatingexpert.com on my profile, but if I want to put in a specific link to direct traffic to um, an article I've written or a promotion, I have to just tell them to go visit cyberdatingexpert.com because there is no place in the comments or for you to be able to post a, a clickable link like you can on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. And when people come to cyberdating.com, are you starting to see any trends there with the type of people that are coming to, to get some help on dating? I'm, I most certainly have. It used to be uh, with cyberdatingexpert.com, I had many, many more female clients. And what I'm finding now is busy male CEOs wow. that don't have time to date, but they have, you know, they have the six-figure income. Some of them are making a half a million dollars a year, and they have no time to date, and they can't quite transfer their boardroom skills to the bedroom. And so even if they <laughs> do go on a date, they don't seem to be able to close the deal and get a second date. Oh my God, that's hysterical. So that's sort of paralleling that that reality show of the, the matchmaker where these fabulously successful men just can't handle the interpersonal relationship stuff, but they're they're lonely and they'd like to. And they really do want to because when they come to me and they usually sign up for the most expensive package and they sign up for long-term coaching, they don't want that quick five-minute, let's just have one hour and I'm going to be on my way. They will coach with me once a week for months. And even when they meet someone that they like, they don't want to blow it. So they will send me text messages of the outfits that they're going to be wearing on the date, the flowers they want to send. They will actually text me a variety of restaurants and ask me to recommend which one they should take their date to. So this very same detail and sort of obsession that they bring to their business and to leading and to working with consultants who they hire, they're leveraging with you as well to, to learn how to navigate. Most certainly, yeah. God, that is is absolutely fascinating. I mean, I would think any brand right now that is working sort of in the fashion space or wellness space or anything with travel and leisure would be coming to you to get insights on on people's behavior and on lifestyle. And and that's the goal of of a lot of what we're doing as cyber dating experts. We're trying to partner with the brands because we realize that dating is a lifestyle brand. And whether it's anything from, as I said, gifts to reservations to airline reservations to buying makeup at Sephora or the makeup or the makeup counter at a department store, all of this is a part of dating and looking your very very best on a date. 
God, I, I mean, it really is sort of the center of the universe in a way in terms of people's lifestyle. Um, and would you say, and we'll talk about this when we come back, but is this a global phenomena? Uh, I think so, because online dating is really huge in the UK. It's huge in Germany. It's getting very, very big in Latin America. It's huge in Australia and Asia. So we're looking globally, you know, over 100 million people around the world using online dating sites. That is just crazy land. Well, when we come back, we're going to find out about Julie's next book and where you can maybe hear her speak next and learn more about this crazy world of online dating. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we're back to finish off with the fantastic Julie Spira and digging into cyber dating. And Julie, you're working now on a, on a second book. You had a, a fabulous success with The Perils of Cyber Dating. What's your next book about? My next book is actually titled The Rules of Netiquette. Oh, That's I love with an that. N, How to Mind Your Digital Manners. And I've been working on this one for quite a while. And it was actually a spinoff from the first book, The Perils of Cyber Dating, because I had a chapter titled The Rules of Netiquette about people that were so badly behaved on their dates. And then I realized that everybody's doing things inappropriately online on social media sites, spamming my Facebook wall with their advertisements, you know, tagging me as a shoe. And so I decided to write this more as sort of a mismanners type of internet etiquette book from anything on the social media obituary and how to handle death and dying on social media sites to how to behave on a date to how to behave in business. So it's constantly evolving and uh, there's actually a website already for it at Rules of Netiquette. 
And have you, um, are people sending you stories of like, you know, bad behavior? Yes, I, I have received quite a few stories, and I've been watching some of these stories. One of the worst stories, I could say, is we talked about the social media obituary. There was a woman who posted a picture of her husband because he passed away. And, you know, we like to have sympathy in social media, and we have hashtags of RIP for every celebrity and family members and so forth. But when I say just passed away, she actually snapped a photo of her husband in the hospital bed. Oh, my God. Dead. <laughs> before the coffin got moved, before the body got moved to the morgue. And you could see he was very dead. Oh and, and I reported oh it to Facebook because I thought it was, you know, inappropriate and it really violated, you know, their terms of service. It was just, it was gory. So it made me wonder, why did she think that was the right thing to do? Do you think that a lot of people do that? I mean, I know every year around the anniversary you know of my my father's passing i always post a little thing to him because for me it's just it's almost uh i don't know how to say it but like it clears me it makes it lets me know that i'm th- um, the world know that i'm thinking about him and it makes me feel good do you think that that's kind of what's driving a lot of this that we need to share our our pain Everything we're doing is about sharing. I mean, we only have so much tolerance for pain because people like to see happy posts. They don't like to see curmudgeon people. They don't like to see these long political rants. But when it comes to emotions of death and dying, I have watched people handle it really, really appropriately on social media where they will post information on where a funeral will be attended. So people from out of town can hop on a plane and come. They will post quotes and memorials and videos and tributes, which I think are just so loving and so beautiful. So we want to remember those who have touched us and the anniversary of their death and whether it's the anniversary of their birthday. But post a picture of them the way you remember them and honor their life. Even if you go to a funeral in person, these days it's more celebration of life. And that's what we need to do because we are really writing our own online obituaries while we're alive every day that we post on social media. And if we haven't noticed it before, you're going to notice it now with the anniversaries on this date of Facebook. Every single day we get a notification on what happened on that day every year since you've had an account on Facebook. Yeah, I, I I do like some of that, like seeing, you know, I have a six-year-old, so I love seeing pictures I posted three years ago, you know, because the change with kids is so dramatic, but I don't know that I'd want to see everything, <laughs> you know. We don't want to see everything because a friend of mine got really angry and she, you know, cursed her way out into a post about how awful it was for Facebook to remind her about her wedding anniversary with her husband who had cheated on her and they'd been divorced for four years. Wow. Wow. So uh, it always comes back to sort of um, Ashley Madison in a way. But, <laughs> but <laughs> excuse me, in terms of minding your digital manners, um, are you also going to be talking a little bit about what's happening in government and what are the like actual cyber laws regarding what you can do online? You know, cyber laws and cybersecurity, that changes all the time. We all know about the, the, the spam rules for the CAN Act, where you're not supposed to send an email to someone that you haven't double opted in if you're going to be using an email list such as MailChimp or Constant Contact or AWeber. But a lot of people don't realize that spam is a four-letter word, and we get spammed by, you know, Viagra ads and everything you can imagine that we have not opted into. But that is a law, and you can get 
find if you are sending out advertisements without the permission. And that means if you go to a Chamber of Commerce meeting and you get someone's business card, it's just not good enough. Right. So you really, really have to not only follow the netiquette, but also the legal implications of these things. That's, ex- that's true. And it, but they, they change a lot, which obviously means that the book will constantly be updated with revisions because we are moving at such a fast digital pace that it's a little exhausting, but it's also extremely exciting. So will the book be published in a traditional manner or will you be doing it digitally like ebooks or how, how will you be distributing it? Well, originally I was going to distribute the book traditionally, and now I am thinking of releasing it one chapter at a time. Oh, how exciting. On Amazon Singles because of the fast-paced movement of what happens in a netiquette world. And I think that that really gives the best shelf life and the most accurate versions for people that are going to be able to download a chapter at a time. And Amazon Singles is specifically for that. It's a publishing distribution uh, platform. It's a publishing distribution platform where you would retain the rights and maybe you would send, you know, maybe it'd be $1.99 or nothing more than $3.99 a chapter. And so therefore, people can get a sneak peek of things very affordably and and then continue to move on with you as you build up and you release more chapters. You have a momentum that constantly is building around your brand. That's where I'm thinking. Well, that that is so smart. And what else do you have going on? I know um, in terms of the perils of cyber dating, which is still selling, you're, you're going to be recording the audiobook for that? Yes, I am heading into the studio and I am so excited about that because as a person who started my career in radio broadcasting on the air, to go into the studio is just something I'm very excited about. And there's going to be some bonus chapters from the perils of cyber dating with specific more up-to-date dating advice tips, again, tips on Tinder, tips on all the latest technologies, and there's also going to be an epilogue that's going to have a little surprise ending. Oh, how exciting. And are you going to be doing any public speaking soon or any other broadcasts that the listeners can uh, check out? Uh, I will have to look at my calendar. I know I am speaking at Digital Hollywood at the Ritz-Carlton and Marina Del Rey. I think it's the third week of October. I'm very frequently in the news, so just check your listings or go to cyberdatingexpert.com or follow me on Twitter, at Julie Spira, and I'm, I'm taping a documentary tomorrow about mobile dating, so there's something going on almost every week in the news. Wow, and, and where can people just keep in touch with you? Is it uh, cyberdating.com, or what, what were your sites again? My, my website is cyberdatingexpert.com. That's the best way. You can sign up for the free weekly flirt newsletter there to get all the blog posts and all the latest uh, follow me on twitter at julie spira and there's a facebook page which is facebook.com slash cyber dating expert well it is literally a pleasure to get to talk to you and find out like what an incredible world this is and how it touches everything and i think brands and marketers all over the world should be talking to you about all the insights and knowledge that you have about human behavior and and it's really fascinating how the latest technology is wrapping into into your world as you said love and tech right love and tech and the marriage of the marriage of the two has never been easier and more fulfilling well, and you can also check out Julia Twitter at juliespira.com. I mean, Julie Spira, at Julie Spira, correct? At Julie Spira. 
All right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, this has been Lori Schwartz, your tech cat on the Tech Cat Show, talking about tech trends impacting your business with the fabulous Julie Spira, the cyber dating expert. We look forward to digging in more with you next week and the weeks to come on all the fabulous things happening in marketing and media and content. Join us again, and hopefully it'll cool down in Los Angeles because I think we're all melting here. Let's have a hand for the fabulous Julie Spira, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Tech Trends, baby. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.